Imam al-Bukhari narrates that the Holy Prophet وسلم, said, Beware of the firasa of the believer, for verily he sees with Allah's light. I want to speak today about what this firasa might mean. We look in the dictionaries. And we find, as usual, this root can mean so many different things. Farisatu sabu' is the prey of the predator. It has something to do with focus. If you've seen a cat watching a bird, you'll see that extraordinary concentration and attentiveness to everything. That's how the cat lives. So the Holy Prophet is telling us something about attentiveness and intuition and focus. And he's also saying in the same hadith that this is the quality particularly of the believer. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran indicates this where he says, Inna fi dhalika laayatin lil Truly in this there are signs for people who read the signs. So what is this about? And particularly in this month when our spiritual sensibilities are sharper and the deadening of our senses uh, by the blindness of dunya is a little bit less. When we are sensitized, what is this quality? Well, the ulama, after remarking on the huge importance of this in the life of the believer, indicate that it divides into two different types. We need to know about both. The first is what experts on body language will call kinesics. Something you learn when you join the Metropolitan Police. How to read the body language of suspects. Particularly the face. Is he touching his ears or his nose? Is he looking at you? Is he looking down? These are true indications very often. Judges use them. Uh, that dreadful moment when you hand your passport over to the immigration official and he looks at you. He's not just checking the photograph. He's looking for the signs. He is also, in this sense, one of the mutawassimeen. This is part of Allah's wisdom in creation, that we have this capacity to look into people's souls by observing how they behave outwardly. And we all have this gift to a greater or lesser extent. <coughs> Even the little baby at the age of one knows the difference between a smile and a frown. Mm-hmm. So on this level, the ulama will say, judging the inward by the outward, intuiting what's in the heart by looking at the way in which people comport themselves. It's narrated that Imam al-Shafi'i and Imam Muhammad ibn al-Hassan rahmatullahi alayhima jalasa fil masjid al-haram. These are two great jurists and legists. But a legal expert, a fiqh expert, has to have the fiqh al-qulub, the insight into the sharia, the ways of the heart. So they're sitting in the mosque in Mecca and فَنَظَرُوا إِلَىٰ رَجُلٍ فَقَالَ Muhammad ibn al-Hasan أَتَفَرَّسُ أَنَّهُ نَجَّارُ Muhammad ibn al-Hasan says 
I, through my firasa, believe or intuit that that man is a carpenter. فَقَالَ الشَّافَعِي بَلْ هُوَ حَدَّادٍ The Imam al-Shafi'i said, no, he's a blacksmith. فَسَأَلَاهُ عَنْ شَأْنِهِ They asked him about himself. فَقَالَ لَقَدْ كُنْتُ حَدَّادًا وَأَنَا الْيَوْمَ أُنَجِّرُ I was once a blacksmith, but these days I practice carpentry. Why are these stories preserved? Because of the importance of this aspect of our humanity. It is from the lutf, the subtlety of the human perception, that we can intuit things about other people just by gauging the signs. But there's another degree of it which is specifically what he's saying, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he says, beware of the firasa of the believer not just the immigration official or the high court judge, but the believer. He sees with Allah's light. What is this? What is this light? Hmm? Imam Abu Bakr al-Wasati, one of the great Zuhad of early Islam, and one of the great Hadith narrators, Wasat is in Iraq, hmm? used to say that this firasa is ghaibun ila ghaib. Something hidden, looking at something hidden. This is what we do when we exercise this important skill, particularly important and gifted to the believer, something within us, some inner intuition, looks at the inner intuition of another human being. And this is one of the remarkable khasais of Bani Adam. Hmm. So, حَتَّى يَشْهَدَ الْأَشْيَاءِ مِنْ حَيْثُ أَشْهَدَهُ الْحَقِّ سُبْحَانَهُ إِيَاهَا So that the one looking uh, is given to witness according to the way in which the haq, the true God, witnesses. And this is the essence of firasa. But here it's clear that we're looking at something that is a divine gift, and this is the nurullah, Allah's light. Uh, this is the capacity that the believer has. This is the gift that Rasulullah had when he could look into people's hearts. And you can't understand the seerah and the improbable success of the early Muslim movement until you recognize that he was وسلم, a truly great interpreter of hearts. He could read people. Do we think that he didn't know who are the believers and who are the munafiqeen in Medina, that he didn't know what was truly in the hearts of those who came to pledge, his, pledge their allegiance to him. He read their hearts and he knew. And this is part of Nubuwa. So once, دَخَلَ رَجُلٌ عَلَىٰ عُثْمَانِ بِنِ عَفَّانٍ A man once came into the Khalifa, Nurain. Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu. وَقَدْ كَانَ فِي الطَّرِيقِ يَتَأَمَّلُ مَحَاسِنَ مْرَأَةِ On his way to see the Khalifa, he had been admiring a woman. And the Khalifa says, أَيَدْخُلُ عَلَيَّ رَجُلٌ وَزِّنَ فِي قَلْبِهِ Does somebody come and see me? when there is zina in his heart. And the man, of course, knows what this is about. And he says, 
نبوة بعد رسول الله ووحي is the prophethood and revelation after Allah's messenger he's no longer with us قال لا ولكن تبصرة وبرهان وفراسة صادقة and Uthman said no no more revelation but there is insight there is a proof and there is true firasa subhanallah that is not something you could know really from looking at people outwardly because Allah has kept our secrets in our hearts and this is from his mercy that we are darker thoughts and the turbulences of our egos are not visible on a kind of screen for everybody to survey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allamul Ghuyub, the knower of the hidden things, certainly is watching that screen. Uh, and he never tires. 24 hours a day, <coughs> he is watching. And everything that he says is noted down by the two recording angels. Nothing does he utter, but there is with him a watcher a ready one. And some of the ulama say that these are actually the names of the two guardian angels that are with us at all times to follow us into our secret places, into our hidden habits, into that which we don't really want other people to know about. We can't shut them out. We can't shut the door in their faces. They're with us. They're recording what we do. And their nature is angelic. They are kiraman kertibin, noble scribes. They know what we are doing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what our hearts are doing. So one day, that screen will go live. A big screen for all of mankind. Yawma tubala sara'ir. Those hidden things, those private habits, those things that we do, whatever it might be, they're not hidden. Not from the alam al-ghuyub the knower of the unseen. Not possible. Yawma tubala sara'ir on the day when the secrets are made public and our shame becomes general. So that people can see why there are the people of the Yameen and the people of the Shimal, the people of the right hand and the people of the left hand. So that it may no longer be in dispute. Why did Sheikh so-and-so go to Jahannam? And why did this ordinary guy who's just a waiter in a restaurant go to a high place in paradise? It doesn't seem to coincide with what people presented to the world. We need to see. When all of those scrolls are unfurled, either sohufu nushirat, long scrolls, all of the things that we did that were wrong, and the reasons for the things that we did, everything evident. The Qur'an often tells us of this, does it not? The resurrection is the time of nakedness, but an inward as well as an outward nakedness, complete helplessness, no more covering up. So then people will say, I know why that guy went to paradise. And I weep, but I can see why the mufti of such and such a country is now experiencing Allah's punishment so that Allah's justice becomes manifest. 
Let us remember that day and that big screen in HD with the sound and everything that everybody is going to be watching. <laughs> Let us not think that we have any capacity to distract them or to switch it off. But Firasa is this spiritual gift that enables some people to see with Allah's light. And that's something that is hard for us dark people to imagine. How is it that the Khalifa saw this in the visitor's heart? How he knew exactly what he'd been doing? If you have the privilege to study with the great ulama and the great awliya of Islam, you will see extraordinary things. Mm. The teacher is not just keeping an eye on what the student is doing in his day, but also on what his heart is doing. And in some way that we cannot understand, he reads the disciple's heart and sees what is there. And that's why it's so useful to have a really good teacher and also to have a really good friend who can listen to one but knows what one really means and so they can offer nasiha. Such a precious thing. That's why the friend in Islam is called sadiq, somebody who is true with you, truly sees who you are, understands, and a spouse should also be like that. You might tell your spouse X, Y, Z, but what she hears is A, B, C, and her advice to you or her response is based on that. And this is why we need to be with others. In this time of pandemic lockdown, that's been a little bit harder. We can't even shake hands. We can't hug people, and this is an ummah of embracing. At the end of the Eid prayer, alas, next week, we're not going to be able to embrace. Something fundamental is taken away. But inshallah, we will be out of this tunnel, and we need to realize what we have been missing. The subtler aspects of mu'amala that can't be conveyed on the screen of Zoom or Microsoft Teams, but are subtler things. The ayat lin mutawassimin. This is so important. And we need to cultivate this because it's useful for our dunya as well as for our deen. To be a judge of character is a great gift. If you're employing somebody, or if you're trusting somebody, if you're lending money to somebody, if you're listening to somebody's promises, it's really useful to be able to have these gifts. And in this month of Ramadan, we need to cultivate this because this is a time when the heart is more alive. And we feel these moments during the day in Ramadan. That moment, perhaps several moments, at the time of Maghrib, even if half an hour before the prayer you sit down and you read Quran or you make a dhikr or you're just still reflecting, you know that this is a special time. And the fasting is not really so important and the hunger usually at that time has gone away, but there is a stillness that is to do with the stillness that Allah has put in that time of the day and the possibility for contemplation, for real tafakkur. And this is one of the gifts of Ramadan, that it gives us an awareness of the suitability of times for going deep, for being still, for saying no to those monkeys that usually jabber and chatter in our minds, jumping about, telling us to do this and to think that, and to reach for that other pleasure. No, they're kind of chained up, and we experience a stillness. 
And if we've been, inshallah, half awake and paying attention to the 28, 29 daily lessons of Ramadan, we will find that this deep lesson has, inshallah, been learnt. And we learn that even though the outward form of Ramadan is hard, its inwardness is something sweet. Who can offer a price to those precious moments when we feel truly the brilliance and the beauty and the stillness of the moment? After Fajr, before Maghrib, the serenity of Taraweeh, it is a different time. And that difference is not just because our schedule has been upended, but because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has helped our hearts to wake up. And that's the most precious thing. No use going through life as a millionaire if you're a kind of robot or an automaton, not really aware and conscious. Uh, Allah has placed certain blessings in certain times and certain places. And we need to seize them. إِنَّ لِلَّهِ فِي أَيَّامِ دَهْرِكُمْ لَنَفَحَاتِ أَلَا Truly Allah has placed in the days of your time exhalations, special blessings. So make use of them, expose yourself to them. Don't just think, well, I can send off a few emails before the azan. No, this is a still moment. It's Allah's gift to you. It's a time for those monkeys to calm down and for you to think more really and to recall your Lord and to feel close to him. What an extraordinary blessing that would be if we truly took out of Ramadan what is the sweetest of all sweet things, which is the awareness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-qarib. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ and when my slaves ask about me, say, I am near. I answer the prayer of the supplicant when he calls upon me. This verse comes right after the great verses of Ramadan. Uh, and this is what it is about. We really need our prayers to be answered. Even if one prayer in Ramadan for the health of a relative is answered, the whole Ramadan has been repaid a thousand times over. But there are more times than that. Let us look to our du'as, let us look to our adhkar. Let us be ashamed when our mind is not in our ibadah. Let us recall the qibla with gratitude. And then we will find what the Holy Prophet calls, alayhi salatu wasalam, halawatul iman, the sweetness of iman. How can unbelievers understand that? They see religion as just being a mountain of rules and prohibitions, and sweetness is in dunya. Hulwatun, khadira. Uh, it's sweet and verdant, and they move through it as sheep do, just chomping on the grass. All they think about is, where is the grass greenest? But never in their lives, it seems, do they stop chomping and look up to see the heaven. Ramadan is the time when we stop our chomping, when we get our snouts out of the trough, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has no need of imposing hardship upon us, imposes this blessing upon us so that we can look up and reflect and remember and be joyful because there is nothing more beautiful, nothing more consoling, nothing more needed than the real, than al-haq, tabaraka wa ta'ala, which is the meaning of our ibadah, it's the meaning of the mihrab, it's the meaning of the qibla, 
It's the meaning of all our ibadat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, aware of our silly, sheep-like distractions, is giving us reminder after reminder after reminder. Five prayers a day, one Juma a week, Ramadan every year, Hajj maybe once a lifetime. Again and again, these are just forms of dhikr. Allah tells Sayyidina Musa, alayhi salam, at the time when he sees the fire in the desert, Establish the prayer to remember me. And according to some of the ulama of tafsir, it's so that I may remember you, in other words, with my blessings. It's all for us. Religion is never for him, even though ad-deen lillah, he is ghani, independent, needs nothing of our fasting and our hajj. No, he is completely independent of this tiny, paltry creation that compared to his majesty and his name al-Muhit is nothing at all. But we need him. Our need for him is as great as his lack of need for us, which is total. And that's the meaning of ibadah, which is the reason for our creation and the reason why all things have been created. And when we look away from that, and when we turn to some other qibla, and when we adopt other qiblas in our hearts, and secret pleasures, desires, habits, telling lies, being cruel, being lazy, the familiar list of vices, when we do that, we're turning away from the qibla. And beyond the qibla wall is only arham rahimin the one who calls us to dar salam the abode of peace. And who doesn't want that abode of ultimate peace and beauty, where there is no longer any need for hope even because reality is perfect right now, at last, the end to all our sufferings. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this a month in which we are made more subtle, in which we read the signs, in which we see the lata'if, the subtle mysteries which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in creation, and placed in each other and start to gain these spiritual gifts which are useful for our dunya and for our deen. May he make it a good Ramadan. It's been a difficult Ramadan with the lockdown and the COVID and relatives getting sick and businesses not thriving. We know that many, many people have found it hard. But the only thing that truly matters is al-haq, tabaraka wa ta'ala. Everything else will come to an end. كُلُّ مَنْ عَلَيْهَا فَانْ وَيَبَقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ وَالْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَامِ Everything that is upon it shall pass away and there remains only the face of your Lord possessed of majesty and bounty. Ramadan is there to give us a kick, to wake us up, but it's a sweet kick and we benefit from it and we miss Ramadan when it's gone and Ramadan always goes with a kind of miraculous speed and that's because the heart is feasting. It's a party. Parties never go on for long enough, and this is Allah's banquet to us, the banquet of the Qur'an, the banquet of family, the banquet of prayer, the banquet of acquiring inner gifts like firasa. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our fasting and overlook our shortcomings and bring us safely to the Eid, insha'Allah, and to many Ramadans to come. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'iril muslimin innahu huwa al-ghafoor al-rahim.